Hollandale Market Talk podcast. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. We are joined today by Rich Nelson, Chief Strategist here at Allendale. Uh, Rich, we had a big report today. Uh, it was the quarterly grain stocks and planted acreage. Um, a few surprises here and there, uh, some good, some some not so good. Let's start with the grain stocks and let's focus in on the corn and the beans. Uh, Corn stocks were came in at 5.224 billion. Uh, that was above the average guess. What does that do for us as far as uh, looking out to the next uh, to the next report here in a few a few days? So on, on these grain stocks reports, USDA will be sitting on the July WASD morning uh, day and and revi- and taking a look at what today's numbers give them. So essentially, this tells us. Uh, on a surprisingly, uh, on a surprising basis, that uh, feed use in this March, April, May period may have been quite a bit lower than expected. Believe it or not, uh, in fact, the numbers would be so wild as to, as to suggest that that quarter was 30% under last year in the same quarter, despite the fact all uh, uh, that we knew all of the issues regarding the plants and and many more livestock around. So, on the negative side, this does imply that USDA will be cutting feed use on the July report and raising old crop stocks as a starting point for the discussion. Now, we've seen this before. Last uh, last year in March, we had a uh, a big change to the uh, to the stocks number uh, by way of the the feed and residual side of things. And then it seemed like they they basically corrected it 6 months later in September. Is that something that we could expect here? I mean, cuz let's face it, if if logically we had a lot more animals that hadn't gone to market last quarter, uh, that seems that seems to be a little bit off. It's a completely valid concern because uh, as a factual discussion point, these feed use numbers don't track anything close to livestock numbers and and or even close to what you would expect. And let me give a, a quick example. SEP no feed use would have been 19 percent over last year. This is old data. Uh, a D's Feb feed, feed use would have been about 10 percent over last year. And then you have this really odd-looking March through uh, May period with a 30% cut. So yes, the feed use numbers are quite variable, hard to estimate, and like you mentioned, oftentimes revisions are then revised again the next quarter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now let's uh, let's look at those uh, soybean uh, stocks. Uh, 1.386 uh, billion. Uh, that is a historically high number. It was uh, right in right in line with the average guess. Uh, uh, still below last year's record. But what's uh, what's that mean for us as we move into uh, to this July WASDE report? No, on the positive side, this doesn't really mean too much for us. It, it pretty much was expected, and we don't have a lot of surprises often with these numbers because over 90% of soybean use is already very well known, crush and exports. We have good data on it. So this, the uh, soybean ending stocks in this case probably will not be impacted too much by today's report by itself. Uh, as we look into uh, to acreage here, um, this was the big uh, the big number that everybody had different ideas on. We had numbers that were uh, quite a bit uh, lower than expected, or than uh, than what the USDA put out in March, and then we had some that were uh, that were higher than expected uh, uh, from that March report. Um, U.S. corn uh, acreage came in 92.006 million acres, uh, down uh, roughly five million from uh, from that March report. Um, What's your take on this? Is is this an overshoot? Is this going to be something that uh, gets corrected, or is this kind of right in line with what it sh- what it should be? That's actually a good question, and I and I'm actually not quite uh, too sure myself. 
so the Jude Report historically is one which has almost minimal acreage uh, changes. In fact, this 5 million acre drop is the second largest decline we've had here since 1980. And it was also larger than the 3.3 uh, million acre drop we posted back in 1995. So as it's a big surprise, USDA maybe have changed their methods or how they do something. But bottom line is, is this does reinvigorate the discussion about a new crop. And also the total acreage discussion also is, is important there as well. Well, and let's look real quick before we get into total acreage, because if we look at the the numbers here, and we you've told us before that we don't get uh, prevent plant data until at least August. So, um, where would these where would some of these acres have gone? Are we shifting uh, to beans because this report doesn't necessarily show that? Was there a, was there an area that we uh, that was higher that uh, should have shown up on this report? I mean, was it oats? Was it sorghum? Was it uh, uh, spring wheat? You know, where did where did those acres go? Because uh, we're, we're overall down, you know, 7 million across all crops. Uh, yeah, so we, we did take a good drop since the March report. And, and I will say as a mild reminder, I think I think we all would agree that the March numbers also surprised us a little bit. And a lot of us and a lot of the trades suggested they were just too large to start out with. Uh, second thing to keep in mind, uh, acreage is not fixed. There's not something where acres goes here and it has to uh, offset or be shown somewhere else. Uh, what we actually saw here, of, of all things, was corn acres declining in North Dakota, soybeans also declining. So it wasn't like they dropped one and moved to another. It's that many people just said, uh, mainly, uh, you know, maybe it's from the, the low prices offered, maybe the virus issue, maybe getting inputs. Bottom line is we simply lost acreage, and that's a surprising uh, finding for uh, for what today's message told us. Well, as uh, there was a special note put out, and this is I, I had some questions about this for you because I I don't completely understand it. So the special note put out by the USDA uh, shows that there are 2.2 million acres left to be planted on corn, and something in the neighborhood of 12 million left to be acre uh, left to be planted for beans. How do they how do they figure that? And if there's still that many left to be planted, how is it not being counted into this report as of June 1st? Yes. So what USDA did is they gave us a, a little surprising kind of change of pace with giving us a little more information. So every single year on every June report, there's always acres not planted and and he knows about it and they keep track of it. But they only tell us their estimate of what actually will get planted. So today's uh, report was just a little unusual in that they kind of gave us the breakdown of part of the process they already uh, they, they are already doing. So in the numbers USDA has here today, they assume that those acres will get planted is 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 the general message here. Uh, what all turns what finally uh, shows up by the time the October report rolls around, which is the first incorporation of insurance data. That's certainly the big thing we have to we got to focus on here. Okay, so they they're not they're not trying to tell us that they believe that we're going to actually plant you know 95 million acres of beans. They're just saying this is what's what's left out there. That's right. And, and okay. keep in mind, and that's already included in the plant in the soybean planting number. So they have in their own mind a belief about how much of that will get planted and how much will be unplanted. So the soybean planting numbers are their estimate of what will get planted. Okay. Uh, Mike, why don't I uh, let you uh, throw a couple of questions uh, Rich's way here, if you've got them. Yeah, so there was a surprisingly large number in Nebraska uh, for prevent or just changing corn acreage. Do you have any 
insight of what that might have been about? And that's actually a really good question. So the main three states dropping corn acres were uh, North Dakota, number one, I believe 800,000 acres, then Nebraska at 700, and then uh, South Dakota dropped about 600,000 acres. As far as the Nebraska story, honestly, I'm not quite sure because from my understanding, uh, they did a great job with planting this year, maybe not as quick as portions of Iowa and Minnesota, but I personally don't know of any hiccups here, Mike. But that's a real good question, though, Mike, is, uh, it, Rich, if you look at that uh, that map of uh, numbers, Minnesota was down 300,000 acres. They were out and planting really quickly. It, it, seems, uh, it seems confusing that they would be down as much as they were. That's actually true. In fact, I took a quick look at all of the states. In fact, there's not a single Midwest uh, state which raised core acres. They all dropped acres by some measure. So, Maybe this is just a general pushback or message against corn planting is, is maybe the, 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 the take home message here. Interesting. And do, do you foresee, especially with corn prices where they're at, uh, this trend starting to continue, at least while we still continue to uh, have two billion plus uh, bushel carrot year after year for corn? Yeah, and, and that's really the, the big question here for us. So in the very, very, very short term, as long as we have a weather forecast, yes, we can uh, align ourselves with a higher trade as we go into the month of July. So it's certainly true. Uh, the general trend of lower pricing, though, especially as we go into fall, I don't think we can stop that discussion point. Uh, really, you're looking at uh, 3, 305 on the high end, maybe down to 280 for December corn. So uh, all we're doing is we are raising the low end of how prices could be seen in, in the uh, in the coming months. Uh, I, I would still personally have uh, some hopes about changing acres in the next year or two as well. Awesome. So, yeah, you're expecting still, if we were put to, together an exact, uh, well, somewhat of an exact number for the carryout, would you be putting that 2.9, 2.8? Where would that be exactly lying? Yeah, I, I think a 2.7 to 3.0 is very realistic. Uh, I just did a, a, a number in the uh, two nines, if I remember right, early this morning. So, we're going to knock roughly 1 billion bushels in off of production from today's acreage changes. And some of that will be offset with both old crop and new crop lowered demand numbers. So uh, realistically, we will be dropping this from 3.3 down to probably 2.8, 2.9-ish uh, in the grand scheme of things here. Okay, no, so, go ahead. So by, sorry, Mike. So by no means do you expect this to keep prices uh, supported for a long period of time? Uh, no, I, I think what this does do is it, it, this now allows us the chance to actually talk about a summer rebound of some sort, uh, not a uh, not a straight uptrend. It doesn't stop simply a rebound lasting for a few weeks. Get the weather risk. Then I assume we'll be going uh, going right back down here. OK, awesome. and then looking at the uh, at the bean side of things, you know, no major change to the uh, uh, or no no major uh, surprise out of the uh, the stocks number uh, for beans. And then uh, acres came in uh, under the ex the expectation. What, what does that do for us as far as um, as far as what it uh, what the ending stocks look like for uh, for new crop beans? Then? Sure. So uh, number one, we did find just a slightly lower than expected uh, grain stocks uh, as far as this June one count. So this tightens up the old crop balance sheet just by a, a small hair or two. And like you mentioned, we didn't really change the acreage discussion too much here. So the, the new crop soybean uh, discussion is relatively unchanged, which actually in our viewpoint is actually not that bad because the soybean stock numbers are not that burdensome to start out with. 
So we do feel it, it certainly opens up the door towards a more realistic discussion, maybe seeing some no beans at $9 or whatnot. And uh, certainly some of the chart formations also uh, maybe changing a little bit there as well. Very good. Now, uh, Rich, we, you know, we like to make sure that we always mention China in our podcast. And uh, let's get around to, uh, to Chinese demand. Obviously, you know, we've always been keying on uh, Chinese demand for soybeans, but we hear a lot of rumors that they're, they're kicking tires on uh, U.S. corn, U.S. ethanol. Um, with the trade deal being kind of in a flux where it's still on, but we're, we're concerned about whether or not they're going to fulfill that, where do we stand when it comes to, uh, to their actual demand so far? And that's a really good point here. So like you mentioned, we all, in fact, most of the U.S. still believes this is a, a soybean-based buying story. But like you mentioned, uh, in, in the past uh, spring, we've heard a few reports suggesting this might instead be a corn buying story. Uh, on the soybeans they have between them and what's listed under unknown, we have 7 million tons booked. Uh, they're going to use that a minimum for the whole year, 12 to 15 anyway. So we're behind where we probably should be even with no China buying story. Uh, on the corn end, really, you're looking at this two to three million tons purchase so far. Uh, and that's even below our four to eight that we thought originally would be seen. So on both counts, even if you're going to say that this might be a, a corn story, on both counts, soybeans or corn, they're still behind where they should be here. What would you be thinking about when it comes to the story that came out a couple of days ago about China selling their state reserves of corn? What would that take uh, into account there for the demand side of things here? And that's a good question. So uh, each, each year, is, uh, for the pe uh, people who are not uh, quite familiar, e each year China buys, the government buys a, a portion of the new crop, just off the uh, just off the truck, so to speak. And uh, and they sell it later on in the spring and they through a regular weekly uh, in intervention sale. In this specific case here, so China's getting a little low on their corn numbers, or uh, some people suggest they might be as low as 40 million tons for the domestic stocks. So they will still continue with the regular normal government sale. The question is about how much will it be the normal burdensome amount or maybe will it be a little lighter amount. And uh, that could certainly help argue uh, for us on the uh, on the China buying corn story if that uh, if that continues. Now, where do we stand as far as competitiveness with, say, South America when it comes to both corn and beans? So on the soybean side, we're we're roughly about uh, $10 cheaper per metric ton than Brazil. And uh, this is true for right now delivery as well as new crop delivery. And uh, e even concerning a $5 uh, better shipping uh, rate that Brazil does. So we are officially cheaper than Brazil on beans. Uh, corn side, we're roughly even with them. Uh, in some locations, it's uh, it's un it's even some locations we might have a small five to six dollar uh, per metric ton advantage but uh, certainly it's this would imply they should be buying beans uh, more so than the corn right now and would that still stand even after today's uh, rally after the report and that's a that's a good question at this at this point in time uh, obviously I, I don't know yet how much uh, brazil has written in in sympathy with with us but you got to assume that uh, they have picked up a little bit here uh, I, I assume it probably would make us a little un, uh, maybe a little, uh, un, little priced, a little negatively for the corn story. Maybe not so much for the soybean. I think that one will still remain rel relatively competitive.
No, a lot of times with uh, with corn, uh, we aren't looking to uh, to China uh, as the major uh, the major demand center. Um, where do we stand with uh, some of these other countries where corn is a bigger uh, a bigger deal for them uh, from the U.S., like uh, South Korea or Mexico or maybe even Japan? Are they well uh, behind where they should be uh, at this time of the year? I would say, and that's a great point because all of these, all of our top four buyers, uh, Mexico, uh, uh, yeah, Mexico. Let's also go to Japan. and also threw in that in that uh, grab bag as well. Throw in some of the smaller buyers, the the guys like Thailand, who we don't we don't talk about. All of these buyers are still currently sitting just a little lower than where they normally would be at this point in time, roughly about ten to twenty percent. So some might suggest, well, that just means they're going to buy in these next few weeks from the U.S. Some are suggesting that no, that just means that they bought from Brazil instead. So uh, a lot of questions there. I, I, I'm hopeful, but uh, not quite sure if we're really going to get this surge on the export side for corn specifically at the end of the year. Very good. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, what, do you, what about you, Mike? Do you have anything else? Uh, there's one last story I saw about uh, Trump looking to uh, refocus tariffs for the USMCA. Uh, do you have any further insight about what that could be all be about? You know, I, I don't. Uh, in this case, I, I had heard some people suggest that the tariffs would have to be uh, changed very slightly anyway in order to come to, into compliance with the new rules for uh, for uh, USMCA. So I'm not quite sure if this is a negative or just a necessary change on, on this specific uh, issue here. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today, Rich. Today for Allendale Market Talk, this is everyone here at Allendale signing off. You guys have a great one. 